This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Back in the Americanata saddle, um, welcome back listeners. <clears throat> Another uh, interesting discussion I think online for you. Issue Gregory and I have been talking a little bit about um, tangentially, but we're gonna jump right into this one because I've got a little bit of a burr in that same saddle uh, and I wanna talk about it. It's what I, I'm gonna characterize this. We'll see how Gregory feels about it as um, the growing wealth chasm in America, this separation between the classes is also um, uh, seeing play out a, what I characterize as the moral isolation of the rich, the, the wealthier uh, people who are accumulating more and more, the rising middle classes as it exists, um, feel less of an obligation to the rest of society. And we have seen this being played out in a number of different societal ways. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rattle off a couple of these. Go this for been, it. This has been pissing me off for a little bit. Do it. Burr. Burr. You know, California's uh, drought stricken. We can talk about the reasons why climate change, because we're a desert and, you know, putting golf courses here when we shouldn't be. But one of the statistics that jumped out to me early on was that, uh, wealthier homeowners were actually using more uh, water during times of drought than less. And I don't mean just more because they live on bigger parcels, all that's true, but they're using more than they were in previous times, previous episodes. Uh, the, the rich also have a far less tendency to have their sons and daughters serve in the military, for example, compared to you know, the Roosevelt's and the Kennedy's and others who, who, who saw it as a societal obligation, an American obligation to have their, their sons and daughters serve. Uh, we're seeing this, uh, we saw this play out last year, a little year, year and a half ago, when so many uh, wealthy elites were backdooring their way and buying their, their kids' way into institutions when they were clearly not capable of competing with other less qualified candidates from lower and middle classes. Um, I, 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 I don't know that it's unique in American history. Maybe we're just hearing more and more about it. The wealthy have always taken advantage of the system, but Gregory, what the hell happened to the idea of noblesse oblige and when did the wealthy quit caring about us? Wow, 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 wow. Well, first of all, that was an excellent intro. And uh, <laughs> second of all, I have no idea, but I, I, I do agree with your, your, your sense. Um, and I don't, I don't want to go back to a, a mythical past, but there is, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the great sociologist, late sociologist Christopher Lash wrote a book in 1990, early 90s called The Revolt of the Elites. And in which he argued that they, they, the, 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 the wealthy and, and the other types of educated elites no longer have any allegiance to the country as a whole. And I think that was true then, and it's even more true now. One of the things that struck me recently, um, the Financial Times has written a couple, uh, has published a couple uh, opinions on it, um, is the unwillingness of the rich to pay taxes and the inability mm -hmm. of the government to make them. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, yeah. that's the thing? Yeah. And, and, and so, so one, one opinion from our economists uh, recently was, you know, Biden is trying to beef up the IRS, but it, it, he said, you don't have to raise taxes if you actually 
get collected the taxes that are due. Jesus. You know, so yeah, I go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, is it, is it, yeah, look, look, they're not, even, there's, there's no, <laughs> I, I, yeah, sorry. I, there used to be, I think this belief that America was our country and our, and, our, and, and our society. And it was at, at its core, maybe ugliest level. It was at least good business to invest in it. Now, like you said, the, the wealthy aren't even paying their unfair share of taxes. Right. There's 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 a whole industry set up to not only make sure that they're not paying taxes, but they're literally trying to get away from even having the smallest stake in what is happening here. Yeah, look, New Zealand. Right. Why is every billionaire from Silicon Valley buying a uh, you know their own their own estate in New Zealand as they await the crash? They're not getting their hands dirty trying to figure it out or using their their, their Vanderbilt or Carnegie level of largesse to actually build better institutions and commit back to us. They're literally putting it into offshore tax havens, moving it across international borders and buying an escape to ditch the plane as it, as it's going down. I mean, am I, have I had too much coffee this morning or what you, you have, but it doesn't mean you're wrong, but I, I just want to, I, I don't, we don't need to, we don't need to idealize another age to, to, and to make this, to make your point uh, okay. more salient, what, number mm-hmm. one, but two, yes, the, the nature of citizenship has changed. The, the, uh, we have, we have globalized elites now. Um, I'm not about to go on a tear against, uh, against foreign born millionaires, but because I don't, I don't have that in me. I don't, I don't think that's the problem per se. They've many foreign born millionaires come and, and are rooted in society and help build it. Uh, but there is a greater capacity for those at the top to straddle worlds. I mean, hell, I, I am not rich by any means, but I straddle worlds and I seek a step out of the United States. So I'm, I'm, I'm part of a problem. There was once a time when I was more uh, in complete agreement with you in which I didn't understand why people uh, have multiple citizenship. Shouldn't they throw down? Shouldn't they own the house? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they own the house so they can care for it? But, 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 but for whether we like it or not, the world is globalized and people can leave and you can get somewhere very quickly. And that does sometimes weaken ties and it sometimes uh, uh, doesn't give you the sense of, of rootedness and ownership um, but we, in, in society. But, but again, I don't want it's, it's, to, but it's not about, it's not about international elites. It, it's really about the civic cultures that we live in that don't require, that are, they're so, here it is. I think nonprofits, uh, the, uh, uh, politicians are so dependent on the wealthy right? So do-gooding is dependent on wealthy donors. Politicians are dependent on wealthy donors. So the, the parts of society that could possibly stand up to the wealthy need them too much. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just in a, a the, the absence of, of sort of working class structures, uh, the decline of unions, the decline of a sense of solidarity, class solidarity, means there's no opposition to what the wealthy there's none um and i think we're, we're just basically at the mercy of the wealthy and our obsession with race in this country has really led us off 
let the wealthy off when there should be an obsession with class. There should be an obsession with the inequality that erodes democracy. And by the way, the inequality that erodes democracy, the inequality also erodes any sense of solidarity that you're talking about. You're not, you don't actually, yeah, you, you, you can live in a place like Los Angeles. You didn't actually experience the same pandemic. You just didn't. Right. Exactly. Right. And the most, Another. The, the brilliant, brilliant, the most brilliant thing I read in the American press was uh, I forgot her name. The the the, the New York Times uh, piece on 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 a hospital in South LA and the people who died. They died because they didn't have the insurance to get them to the UCLA hospital. It was just yeah. striking. It was about the type of insurance your employment you got through your employment that determined whether you lived or died. And so we don't even experience the same freaking pandemic in the same city. And again, I hate to, to you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm into the whole class warfare thing because I'm not. I have no issue with it. I am, but go on. I know. That's why we make a good counterbalance <laughs> here. I also, you know, I, 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 I'm certainly not an America firster, but I do believe that something innate inside of you, whether you've created your wealth or whether you've inherited your wealth, that th there's some, there, there needs to be some sense of civic commitment obligation virtue i would say it's a virtue to invest and and build like so many titans of industries in the past did we are you are absolutely right we are and, and we largely have been for a very long period of our history reliant on 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 the the generosity if you will of the uber wealthy right the carnegie libraries and and the transportation systems that the vanderbilts left and I'm waiting for the day the Gregory Rodriguez Foundation leaves us its, you know, its, its, its mark on humanity with its, with its largesse that it's accumulated. But I just, I, I, what I see is Rome burning and people grabbing the candelabras and the silver plates and saying, I'm out. We're heading to the hinterlands. Grab what you can, honey. Put it into, you know, whatever offshore account that we can. Get into the Learjet, rev it up. I'll be there in a little bit. Ditch the Maserati and toss the keys because I'm. I'll be there in, as fast as I can. Let's get the hell out of here. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. But these things have to be cultivated. The sense of the sense of solidarity has to be cultivated for a variety of means. Uh, again, shared experience once brought people together. Shared, and 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 now that's really hard to do. There's not the, 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 the so you can't even experience the same pandemic. So I think um, so. The, 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 the De Crevacour mentioned, I believe, uh, in the letters to uh, from an American uh, American farmer um, that the he, he says at some point, and I can't remember where that patriotism is 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 is. Um, is born of bread of the born is born of of of, of having something ha having been provided by um uh, by the nation feeling grateful to it for instance that is the 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 way that lower the, the sort of working class or poor immigrants the way they come to be loyal to the united states is through that method through mm -hmm. bread right so there is this feeling that you come here you came to america and it gave you an opportunity and if it did you did rise and your children do better there is a gratitude and patriotism and allegiance and what you call virtue is really a form of gratitude right so that th that has been a traditional way that's how america has a, has been able to absorb so many immigrants is through that process of gratitude right 
So if indeed, so 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 that that's one method. I just to switch it from the from the from the rich for a moment, and so the, so that so to, if gratitude then is the basis of allegiance, which is the basis of some form of generosity, then we we don't seem to be a very grateful nation at the moment. It's a it's a nation based on notion that, that the entire discussion is all based on notions of grievance. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think we're the way we talk, the way everything is built at this time uh, is is about complaining about what you don't have or what you're against rather than what the country has given you. I've always been a big proponent of um, cultivating a sense of solidarity, cultivating a sense of, of mutual responsibility. But I think they're very they, I think they've gone away essentially, I think. Or maybe uh, they've expanded as I'm listening to this conversation. Maybe it's not the moral isolation of the rich. Maybe I just feel that, uh, you know, that that's a very American notion of it. Maybe it's just simply expanded. Bill Gates, for example, the Gates Foundation, billions of dollars it spends annually, most of that overseas to address global problems. And I suppose there's a rationale for that, right? A lot of the largesse of, of what Bill Gates created was not like like Vanderbilt or Carnegie and, and, and built and made and, and profited off of in the United States, so much of that money was made globally. And some of that generosity, I guess deservedly, that came from markets, that came from labor, that came from capital markets outside the United States, presumably should go to other places. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a very smart point. And, and, and we are not, the United, the United States is not isolated. I mean, when you talk about moralization of the rich, the United, one of the great delusions of American life is that it's isolated. Is that yeah. in the United States, if the United States gives to the world, if the Gates Foundation gives to the world, it's giving to itself because it's part of the world. Yeah. I mean, we, the, the, the notion of separateness has, has allowed the United States to be, to, to help, uh, to, to worsen inequality throughout the globe. So making the world a better place, it makes America a better place. And it, it also, yeah, so, so inequality domestically matters and inequality internationally matters. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's, there, there's another thing I want to mention is that, so I use the word generosity and I'm, I'm a little loath to go that far. I, it's, 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 it's reputation laundering. It's always has been. So uh, you, don't, you don't get to be a billionaire to, by being a nice person. I, and and by not doing bad things and and one of the time the, the tried and true ways of, of making yourself seem to be a nice person after you've done so much to not be one is to give away money and to put your name on a the arm of a of a, of a museum uh um eli bro is a billionaire who just passed away in los angeles he made a lot of ugly suburban tract homes ugly as hell Right. And then but, you know, he, he built a nice museum downtown and helped other buildings to be some nice things for the town. So they're all form of uh, sort of you know, they're, they're self-serving. Generosity is self-serving on some level if it has your name on it. So one of the things that I've been concerned, I've talked about it in the past, was the extent to which the wealthy in this new gilded age, the wealthy are seen as moral to begin with. They, they, they live, they, they are seen as they have PR agents to tell you how good they are while they're doing their bad things. So I think the impetus to launder your money to do reputational laundering is less than it used to be because we have our, 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 our media fawns over rich people generally. Yeah. Um, you see what I mean? So there's less of an incentive for the rich to give away their money to launder their reputations because they're already seen as, pretty good people. That's where the sort of class warfare does kind of help. The point you're making is, is sound and it's valid. And it's really this, it, that, that's really the underlying principle here. 
the, the question, and I think the resolution that I'm starting to get, and I think this is very helpful, is that I have perhaps been limited in my view and understanding of what was driving this civic virtue in the past when globalization really kind of makes it, I, I don't want to say irrelevant, but, but impossible to, to, to perform anyway. Is that fair? No, no but you're pointing at something that's fair. The, the absence of rootedness is an American problem that existed before globalization, or perhaps America's always been globalized, right? So the absence of rootedness, the absence of allegiance, we talked about mobility, has always been an American challenge. Mm -hmm. um, one of the great things about New York was, for them, is that the wealthy people live right in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. anything they give to the quote unquote city or the common good literally is across the street from. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So that the, in, in a place like Los Angeles, mm -hmm. they live they live an hour, an hour and a half from from downtown Los Angeles. And it mm -hmm. took the lifting of a Richard Reardon to get his billionaire buddies to to help build you know symbolic iconography downtown. So it's again, it's the distance in this case, geographic or or distance socially and otherwise that lets people off or feeling that they're not obliged. Mm. Uh, you know, one of, I've, I've always disdained the fact that the world's richest museum, the Getty Museum was built on a hill in Brentwood uh, that you have to get, take a train to get to. And the, the, by the way, the second site, the second site that, that, that they were considering was the old Ambassador Hotel in what is now Koreatown where Robert F. Kennedy was killed. Mm. That would have been a, a huge gift to the city of LA to have a world-class museum in the middle of the city, for instance. So, but again, it's, it's just an instance of who, who, where does philanthropy go to? Where does your allegiance go to? And who does it help? Um, and, and that has- yeah, it all it all comes back to community, is what you're saying. I think yeah, a sense of rootedness, and yeah. again, that's a a sense of um, and and what and the priorities of the wealthy and the priorities of what what do they care about, you know, and 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 I don't think, and and that changes. That's a, those are faddish, like everything else in the world, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, again, it's it's it, yes, all comes back to community and a sense of rootedness, be it locally state or regionally or nationally and again the erosion of a sense of shared americanness is going to naturally erode a sense of obligation of the rich to those who are not rich right i mean it just seems logical yeah i mean i guess we can end it on that i feel both better and worse about the rich at the same time <laughs> yeah but i think you i think the point i think you made it which is can they use their money to contribute to the betterment of the whole? And I think that's exactly right. That's what we should be, that, that is the important part. It's not bashing them. It's not making them out to be bad people. Uh, it's, it's can they step up and what would contribute to their wanting to step up? We'll find out. Gregory, good talking to you. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.